You're listening to episode 10 of the Product Boss Podcast. In this episode, we chat about packaging. Packaging is so important because when you're thinking about cost of goods, you have your product and you also have the cost of packaging. And the packaging is what really helps to sell your product. In this episode, Jacqueline and I go over tips, hacks, and creative ideas for easily packaging your startup. Let's get started. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we're going to chat about packaging your startup, tips and tricks to look like a professional business. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about all the really exciting things that are going to be happening over the next month between you and I and the product boss. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost February already and there's so many things that are on our docket, including seeing each other in person. I know. You are my Valentine this year. We're going to spend Valentine's Day together. I know. It's so exciting. So um, just to chat about that, we are going to Vegas. So Mina lives in the Midwest, and I'm bicoastal between New York or New Jersey, depending on who I'm talking to, and Los Angeles. And we are meeting up in Vegas for the magic show. And it's not magic as in magicians, but the magic show is a huge, huge event in the fashion industry. And that's where it's the major trade show to basically sell your apparel. And there's also sourcing at magic. So sourcing at magic is a place where you can find manufacturers to manufacture your products and also domestic manufacturers. And there are some material vendors there. So I will be speaking at the Fashion for Profit seminar series, and it starts on Sunday, February 11th, but the seminars that I am speaking at, um, the first one that I'm talking at is Tuesday, February 13th. It's from 10 a.m. to 10.30, and it's the fundamentals of sourcing, and the speakers there will be Trish Concanon, uh, Bruce Antrobius, UBM Sourcing, myself, and the moderator is Frances Harder, who is the amazing author of Fashion for Profit. Um, And so Mina and I will be meeting up on that Monday. If any of you happen to be in Vegas, we would love to connect with you at some point. Next one that I'll, I'll be speaking at will be the Trend Watch. So that's Wednesday, February 14th from 10.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. And it will be the trends that are happening in 2018 leading into 2019. So where trends aren't as obvious as they once were, and it's far more about the lifestyles and your own art of merchandising. So can't wait to see you there if you're there. And if you are, reach out to us on Facebook in our Facebook group, The Product Boss on Facebook, and we would love to connect. Samina, what are you up to? Um, so I'm going to be speaking as well, but I'll be speaking virtually. And, um, so I'm going to be in the business basics bootcamp. And so this is a virtual summit, um, that is from February 5th through the 9th. There's going to be 14 other experts besides myself. I'm going to be talking about scaling your product-based business, but this one has, uh, Dana Malstaff of Boss Mom. It has by Regina, who I am obsessed with. And it has Tanya Rainier. She does. Um, profit party. So it's going to be a lot of people and it's completely free. So head on over to www.businessbasicsbootcamp. So that's plural, businessbasicsbootcamp.com. And you can sign up for free. And there's so many, um, so many great experts on there that will be sharing kind of how to, what to do to grow your business within the first like one to three years of it. And then I'm so excited to be going to Vegas the following week with you. So that's kind of what our schedule is looking like. So exciting. Um, We still have to figure out our Valentine's Day dinner 
And maybe I'll bring you some roses. <laughs> I know. And since we're going to be missing our kids during that time, I was telling Jacqueline that I'm going to have like a hidden present each single night, a hidden gift for them. So I'm going to be gone four nights. So every single night they're going to be able to open up a gift. And my husband was like, why on earth would they need so many gifts? And I'm because I feel a little bit guilty that I'll be gone for Valentine's Day. And I think that it would just be really fun for them to open up stuff. And bribery works wonders. So I think that'll be their Valentine's Day surprise. Valentine's Day week surprise. And I might use that on my husband because <laughs> bribery is going to need to work wonders on my husband who keeps having to take care of our kids for five days at a time. Yeah. So maybe I'll everyone have, will get a gift. I'll have something for him too. But when yeah. I'm thinking and more so the kids because they're more so into it since I have two little girls and one of them is seven. So she's very into it. And then also um, if the kids are happy, I'm sure he'll be happy, you know. A hundred percent and busy. I, I've been gone for a week from my husband and kids and the other night his <laughs> – we were FaceTiming and his eyes were like going to pop out of his head. He's like, you need to come home. Your kids are crazy. I was like, my kids are crazy. <laughs> You're the one with them. So, um, but we couldn't do this without the support of our families. So, yeah. Um, so I wanted to chat also about what we've been up to with our masterminds. Oh they yeah. Have been so much fun. We just had a meeting yesterday, um, and it was so good. And it was this one was really emotional, don't you think? Just a lot of highs and a lot of lows in this one. Yeah, I was. I pretty much had to hold back tears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we won't go into super great detail about it, but basically, it was just. It's so great having these people on your journey, and then also just being able to talk about, you know, anything and everything. There's so many people making transitions in their businesses and building it the way they want to build it. And when I say tears, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily tears of joy or, you know, tears of sadness. It was, you know, even a, for us, we're the facilitators and the coaches of this group, but we're also entrepreneurs where we connect and we connect really deeply with the people in our groups. I felt very aligned with one of one of our masterminders and what she was experiencing and some of the experiences that I was going through or that I've actually come past. So I was able to sort of share where I am today and where I was versus where she is. And it helped reflect for me also. So we too cherish that time with the people that we work with and the people in our groups, because as much as we try and coach and influence them, they also have such a, an effect on us. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's a little bit of like laughing and crying at the same time <laughs> because the journey is such a roller coaster and it's just um, just so many. It's like you're celebrating the wins, but then yet going over all the struggles, you know, so it's it is a lot in one one session. And I will say that I think our our masterminders really appreciate appreciate that. So this group that we were chatting with yesterday, they've been together for seven months, or they will be together for about seven months at the end of this. And so even over the first three to four months of them working together, they really formed an amazing bond and things that we didn't even realize that they had connections on, they have connections outside of the group. So we brought together this community for them that, I mean, you all know this as an entrepreneur, um, I like to say that we feel like we're on an island, but there's, there's a lot of alone time and a lot of second guessing and figuring out on your own, unless you have a spouse or a partner that you can run things by. So I think that was also part of it, that, that this community was there for everybody um, in support and in growth, because we also had a huge win. One of our clients had like multiple wins, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Um, so many where big She's about goals. to boom her business. Yeah. Um, we, for this session, we're doing every other week, whereas we were previously doing every single week, but since we're doing every other week now, there are some big goals and they've, they've been hitting some big milestones in their business and it's been, we've been really proud, but we're talking the whole time within our Facebook group too. So along that way, we're helping them with the day-to-day -day stuff if anything were to come up. Yeah. So, so for example, a couple of things that got touched on yesterday in our mastermind 
there were alternative trainings that were going to sort of offer outside of the group. So we didn't use up the time within the hour and a half that we speak, but we will be posting these trainings so the group can see them in our Facebook group. But just to be a bragging mom right now, as I feel like, <laughs> but some of the, but some of the things that have happened, like one of our, one of our clients, um, she's been at this for a couple, maybe a year. She's been selling boutique business and she's decided that boutiques are just not there for her. So what, in the last two to three weeks, she's set up an entire, um, she's going to be selling on Zulily. So she's got a huge deal happening there where they're going to sell thousands of units and she redid her website because that was feedback from the mastermind where people were giving her feedback on her website so she could build up her e-commerce. And she's like doubled or tripled her sales online on her e-commerce um, store versus where she was at literally during the holiday season. And we're not even done with January at this point of recording. So that was incredible. And yeah. then we also have a client that is they've been doing their own production and they've just found a production facility that they're going to move their product over to. And how about our, this is going to lead us into the topic about packaging your startup business. Um, how about our masterminder with her packaging and her big accomplishment? So hers is a side hustle, which makes it a little bit harder for her to really do all the packaging herself. So this kind of led into the whole idea of talking about packaging. And so I just wanted to do a quick insert about the, the masterminder that it's, uh, reads at her website and everything. So within that time frame too, she told us that her word of the year shifted too. So every year she picks a word of the year to kind of align with what she wants her business to be. And so she shifted her word to be believe because she was starting to get that momentum and believe that her business could be bigger than she's ever imagined. So that was really an awesome thing to hear. And, and you can feel it in just in the energy that she was giving and all of the feedback. And she was just hopeful for her business. And that's exactly what we wanted to provide our masterminders was that inspiration and then that guidance too. Yeah, that's that supporting community. So before we, I guess, lead into the packaging masterminder, we do have a mastermind starting in the beginning of March. We have about five spots left. And if you are interested in joining our mastermind and working with fellow product bosses, um, creating that community, having coaching, group coaching, and you really want to set some big goals for yourself and have that support and accountability, you can head over to theproductboss.com slash mastermind, right, Nina? Yeah. And apply. And like I said, the spaces are limited for our March mastermind. Um, but really what our goal and intention is to really get you going in the second quarter of the year. We're right now we're recording in 2018 and really move, propel your business forward so that at the towards the mid-year to, you know, Q3, right before holiday season, we really get that momentum behind your business and get you ready for what's to come. So if you're interested, head on over and apply for our mastermind. So talking about our, our masterminder with her packaging, um, she is a huge business. Like you said, it's her side hustle. And she has been doing all the packaging herself. Um, she's, right, she's importing her product and packaging at home. And we're talking like 10,000 plus units that she is self-packaging. And this is her side hustle. So she's got a full-time job and two little kids. It is crazy bananas. And she travels for her full-time job. So this is right. why, you know, she's um, transitioning to trying to outsource it is because she'll be traveling a lot more weeks at a time. And so it's already hard trying to prepare your family, obviously, just from what we've told you about us going to Vegas to be together. <laughs> um, we're already prepping our own families. She does that once a month. So this is something that she definitely could alleviate a lot of that stress is by outsourcing it. So we've worked with her on the factory that right now is her production factory for her product, we've started talking to her about why are you doing all the packaging? Can the factory prepackage for you and send you the product prepackaged and pre-shipped? Because again, let's think about 10,000 units packaged yourself. How 
many Netflix shows would you have to binge watch to get that package? A lot and not a lot of sleep. So she actually had a really big win this week where she approached them and they said, yeah, totally doable. It's within her minimum. And, you know, she was really attached to the, the packaging that she's using, but there's no reason they can't duplicate it and or improve it. But what she was using was a bag with a sticker and she is selling hundreds of pieces, is it a week? Hundreds of pieces of this on Amazon. And so what we wanna start talking to you about is as much as you have you know, your product, we also want you to gain these tips and tricks to look like a professional business. You know, Even if you're not a million dollar business or a multi six figure business, the more professional and legit you look, the more seriously you'll be taken by your customer or retailers um, wherever you're presenting yourself, it's going to take you out of that DIY, do it at home look to really a, a product that people want to buy and something that you can grow and scale. And when you look at her piece by piece per unit cost of her doing her pack packaging herself, she's not including the time it takes her. She said that her aunt and uncle are retired, so they would help her sometimes. But the thing is that they are not able to keep up. Um, she just, uh, she had the little Amazon's Choice badge um, that made her run out of inventory and she bought another huge uh, lot of inventory coming from China. So the packaging added on within that manufacturer and that factory is not that much because they are the same factory that's giving her the product. So she's not the first person to ask them, hey, do you do packaging too? So that's the other thing is that it's really win-win in her case because it's saving her time too, and it might even save her money. So um, I wanted to share a story about how I started packaging my product when I was selling Cuffs Couture, and it will lead us into where we started, where Mina and I started individually in our own businesses and where we were able to grow to. So when I first launched Cuffs Couture, it was an inventive product. So it's an apparel. It's basically a wrist wallet. If you haven't followed along on the podcast so far, it was a fashionable wrist wallet that my intention was it was something you could wear out to go dancing with your friends. And so it wasn't an athletic wrist wallet. It was literally so I didn't have to carry my purse and wear it on my shoulder. I could have all the essentials that I needed. So a little lip gloss, credit card, uh, attached my key to it. And then eventually as the phones got bigger, you know, I would shove my phone in there. So when I first, first started, I actually spent a lot of time and money trying to work on a beautiful package. I actually just found it. And we're going to post some of our packaging up on our Facebook page. Um, but it's, we're going to, we're going to post it in our Facebook group. So make sure you head over to our Facebook group, the product boss on Facebook and join them. And you'll be able to see where we started and where we ended up. So I spent a lot of money on a designer. I did this foil embossed, um, box that, you know, the drawer pulled out, there was a clear screen in front and it had all this information on it. And the cuff was there. Well, it was like, I think it was a 2000 piece minimum and the boxes were like $2 and 50 cents a piece. That's a lot. That's a lot to also add to a cheaper product. You know, $2.50, you double that, $5 would be what your whole, as your wholesale price, you double that, and it's at least $10 to $12 to your retail price just for that package. I couldn't really afford to add that into the type of product that I had. So then I started trying to figure out, like, I started trying to hack this and figure out what I could do. It would still convey the information needed, but how could I do it cheaper? So I did it by printing little business cards on like overnightprints.com and those went inside the cuffs and they were sort of added information. So it was a disclaimer. I'm not responsible for things fall out of here and, um, you know, little added things like a place to write down taxi numbers, which is funny because there's no longer taxis. <laughs> you just have the app on your phone. Um, and then I printed these larger cards that the cuff went on to, um, like as if it was your wrist. And then I took those and I ordered on Uline, I ordered little self-sealing packages, um, little uh, self-sealing clear plastic baggies, and I put them in there. And that's how I shipped. And I would put a sticker on the outside and I'd put an Avery white mailing label because when you ship to stores, you need to include the wholesale price, the, the style number of it, for if you're in apparel or anything that's size, the size of it. So it basically identi identified it. And then I had to think about how would it be displayed in stores. And so eventually I made these little point of sale displays 
that people use, sort of like those dog ear necklaces that um, if you go to Nordstrom's, the little card necklaces, and they all kind of align in these slots. It was that same idea, and people had to purchase the point of sale stand, or they got it included if they hit a minimum with buying my product. So I definitely sort of shortcut that. And as soon as I started building my sales, I was able to go from the overnightprints.com packaging, like the little cards that went in, to die cut cards with a professional commercial printer. But that was eventually, that was when I built my units up and I could invest into the amount of pieces I had to order for production for the value and cost to be worth it. So that was sort of how I hacked it. And then I stayed. That was where I stayed. I didn't have to change it. I didn't have to invest any more into the packaging. And so I went from, you know, ordering online overnight prints to commercial printer, but always staying in these poly bags. So, you know, what was your experience with your packaging? Very similar. I have a lot of graphic design backgrounds, so I know a lot about commercial printing, but it was very similar to uh, what Jacqueline had done for Cuffs Couture. So uh, what I have is um, cello bags. They're basically lip and seal bags that are hanging, and I print a front and a back to my product, and my labels, my waterproof labels for low labels are, are sandwiched in between the two like kind of postcard type prints. Um, so nothing really fancy or anything. It is so they can fit into that standard lip and seal. And then also I put the singles, though I'm not in any uh, retail stores like Walmart. I'm only on walmart.com and Walmart uh, or, and amazon.com. I think that when people see that in a hanging bag rather than just a regular plastic outside, that that differentiates it in their mind as being more professional, that it came off the shelf. It could be on the shelf, you know? So since I'm buying in bulk anyways, I'm just getting the hanging ones, even though they're a little bit more expensive too. But that just kind Mm -hmm. of ties in my entire look of my brand. So it's very similar to what you were doing, Jacqueline, where, you know, I'm buying the outside lip and seals, like not from Uline, but very similar to that. And then making the packaging that goes in the inside. Yeah. So I think once you find that middle ground of how great we want our packaging to look to what we actually really need, you eventually stay there, right? You don't really need to keep changing it. Right. Um, I think that when you're on Etsy, let's say, and you're just using tissue paper or Baker's twine or any of those things, I think that it's a really hard sell. I think when you're able to just start at the get-go with having those standard things like a U-line bag and a, and a professional label, I think it gets you a lot further than you think that it would. And it's not as expensive as you th- would think. If you're adding, you know, your die cut, for instance, how much do you think that was like 10 cents per one compared to, you know, a box that's $2.50, you know, so it really is uh, not as expensive as you would think. Um, Our masterminder that she's switching to the manufacturer doing her packaging for her in China, she's currently buying a kind of like a purplish color bag off of Uline, and it's one of those um, foil style ones, and then she's having her labels printed at UPS, her local UPS store which I'm guessing that that probably adds up to like a dollar at least. And those are sort of your survival tricks, right? Like when you're starting, it's whatever you can do to make it look as best as you possibly can by yourself. Right. But if you can hit that point that you want to try to get to for labels or anything for any commercial printer is a thousand. That's where your first significant price break comes in. So if you can get to that thousand, then that would be ideal. And you know, when you think about it, a thousand over one or two years, let's say, even if you don't make a lot of sales, that's not bad at all if you significantly cut your packaging down from a dollar to 20 cents. Yeah, like a thousand units. And, and something to think about too is if you have multiple products, can you use this packaging over multiple products or do you need different packaging per item? So if it's something that's folded and put in a bag, I think that was something that our masterminder was having issues with, with how many things she could put into one bag versus needing different bag sizes, smaller or larger, that sort of thing. Do the best you can, if you can, to have be able to use that bag for multiple products until you know you also have like a, a line, like a bottom line in your business where you hit a certain amount of sales or a certain dollar amount on a product, and that's when you can re- invest into new packaging, different packaging, different sized packaging. So I, th- I think one of the things we want to talk about too are some really cool resources 
for our listeners to use to look legit, right? And like a professional business. I think that the number one thing too is that you'd be surprised what a difference a professional design could do. You know, even if let's say you went into creativemarket.com and picked out something there that was standard, like right now, uh, one of our masterminders, she has a label and it's all black ink on a white label because um, she's printing them locally. But, you know, let's say that was reversed out, black with white ink. Even that looks more professional than just the black ink on white. So even tricks like that, where it's basically still a black and white print, it's just reversed out and it looks better and more professional than having just a standard label with like Microsoft Word text on there. Totally. And there's even things like Canva now where you can do it yourself. You do just need to make sure that, you know, you're aware of copyright on text and whatnot. But I think to your point, Mina, what you're saying is if they can invest a small amount of money into a professional, into a designer creating a professional looking label, no matter what they do, if their label looks great and that's on stickers and whatnot, and you can put that on any type of bag, it'll already improve the look of the bag, right? They'll up level yeah, it and make it look bare more minimum. And professional. Yeah, bare minimum, try to get a professional looking label. And you can, like I said, you could go to creativemarket.com. You could get that done on Etsy. There's a whole bunch of contractors on there and freelancers that do labels and that they do logos. You can get something that's just, you know, a little bit fancier in the fonts. And it's just, it looks a lot nicer. And then you can just get the standard label printed. And then what you're printing at home, let's say if you have multiple multiple products, is that barcode that would go on it. So you don't necessarily have to put the barcode on each label. You can add that additional Avery label on top of that, the professionally printed and designed one. So the Avery label, I would say, I mean, I just cleared out a whole bunch of stuff in my office. And the thing I had the most of were Avery labels, yeah. but what those are, they're those, they're those white mailing labels that, you know, back in the day before, you know, you could print onto directly onto envelopes and whatnot. You would, you get that large sheet of 24 labels. You type it into word. Avery has their own templates and then it would just spit out, you know, you'd print the labels and it would have all the uh, addresses on it. So depending on the size needed, there's so many sizes. It's the same for Amazon. Um, Avery labels are everywhere, even on Amazon. So on Amazon, when you're sending an inventory, they will let you print your own labels and you stick them onto your inventory. And the template they use is Avery 5160. So Avery 5160 is 30 up on a sheet. There's 30 labels. They print off the barcode for you, gives you the Amazon SKU, and that's basically what you're adding to your packaging. So, so simple. And so in fashion, let's say, oftentimes you don't need to do the UPC label or, or the barcode just yet, depending on who you're selling to. So if you get a big order to Macy's or somewhere that they need barcodes, there are other systems that you may have to invest into to get the correct labeling. But let's just say for picking, like picking your product. So you go into production, you have all of your product made, they're all in the poly bags, so they're self-contained, and they're in your little mini warehouse, wherever that may be, your guest bedroom, your living room, your garage, in you know an office, wherever you are. Um, you want to externally put a label that you can then read and know what the product is inside. Um, so if we just go back to fashion and think about fashion, you might have the same pair of black leggings. It looks the same from the outside. How do you know if it's small, medium, large, extra large? And so oftentimes there's either a size sticker, but there will also be that label. And that label is important. Also, like I said, when you're sending to stores, for example, if you have business sent, uh, selling to stores, they're going to get their, their box. They're going to get their um, packing sheet that says everything that's in it. But these people unpacking the boxes, they may not have your line sheet. They didn't place the order. They don't even remember. And so they're going to open it up but have no way to match the product inside the box to what's on the packing sheet. So if your baggies are labeled with what it is, then they can refer back to the packing the packing sheet and say, okay, we're supposed to get five small blacks. Great. They're all labeled, five small blacks. Correct. We received it. We have to get two medium blacks. And so they're able to then reference back. So, and also prices. People are lazy and your packing sheet doesn't generally always say the price. So if you have your wholesale price on there, $24 or whatever it is, they're able to easily take the wholesale price, plug it in and know what their retail price is going to be. So that's a little, a little tip right there. 
Yeah, for sure. Basically, packaging and inventory go hand in hand. The distribution is so much easier, whether it be, you know, to Amazon or to boutiques or to other wholesalers, Zulily. You will need to know what their labeling requirements are. But what we're really talking about today is just the overall brands and the package, too. Mm -hmm. Those are all tied together, though, because you will need to have the appropriate barcode with the appropriate product that you have. So let's talk about getting creative. I've worked with tons and tons of people in terms of creating new products and how they're going to package it, whether they're inventive, how it's going to be in a store. So what we want you all to think about, we want you to think outside the box. What currently exists within your market or outside of your market that you could use to package your product? And if you think about some of the coolest things you've seen, they might have been, for example, a t-shirt rolled up into a coffee bag or... I once saw a t-shirt that was put on like a little styrofoam tray, like those trays that meat comes on, you know, if you go to the butcher and it was cellophaned, you know, exactly as if it was meat. And I had a sticker slapped on top that was really a cute, cute sticker, like very on brand. And so you may not even care what's inside of it. You might think the packaging is so incredibly cute that that will be the reason you walk up and pick it up off the shelf. So we want you to try and think outside of the box also because it will help push your brand forward. And there's so many different materials and different things that you could get creative with. Like some people have printed on bamboo, for instance, or on burlap or any of that stuff. I'm sure that stuff gets very expensive. When you're thinking about your label, it could be matte finish, shiny, glossy finish. There's so many different things. Like you said that you did gold foil that was probably pretty expensive. Any of those that helps you differentiate your brand and just having a a professionally printed sticker rather than something that's stamped is just so much better for presenting yourself to collaborate with the bigger distribution channels, like for getting onto walmart.com, for getting onto, um, let's say, different subscription boxes that you want to be a part of. That packaging is going to set you apart. Yeah. And we will have a Pinterest board for you all where we start to share some of this really cool packaging that we found. But if you go on Pinterest, there's so many interesting things to see and be inspired by or cross it over. So example, like if pasta is sold in a certain way, how can you use that for the product that you're currently selling? There's just so much inspiration now online on what you can do. Some of the places we think that you can use as resources Um, One of them is Creative Bag. Is it creativebag.com? Yeah, Creative Bags. Is that right? Is it plural or singular? Mm, Oh, yeah, it's singular. Creativebag.com. So they have a lot of cool stuff that's outside of the stuff that you'll see on Uline. This kind of gets your ideas going. Like there's burlap bags, there's coffee bags, there's um, little tote bags, there's popcorn bags, and there's just different twines and different labels and different boxes that they don't necessarily have on Uline. So just things that can set you apart, but um, they come in bulk too. So they'll come in the thousand per um, container. You may want to start with just a generic box or a generic bag and then just with a label, nicer looking label or sticker on there from artwork that you find on Creative Market. Make sure that when you are buying artwork on Creative Market, you're buying for the commercial license. There's a difference of like $25 or $50 or something, but that gives you a commercial license to be able to resell it if you want it and put it on things that are sold, you know, in a resale setting. So I think that that is probably the easiest way to do it is standard style box. Maybe it's a craft box or a craft bag and then adding a cool sticker or label to it. So then um, you mentioned Uline. So Uline, if you don't know it already, it's the letter U-L-I-N-E. And they tend to come from a more industrial background. We use it a lot because in fashion, we definitely need the little bins that they sell to you know, store our product in. But also they have a ton of poly bags. So like you're saying, like the lip and seal self-sealing bags. They have the Ziploc bags, all different sorts of sizes. But they also have some interesting stuff like ways to package CDs and hard drives, like those bubble wrap mailer envelopes. They're not as creative, but if you're creative, there are some stock items there. And I know, Mina, you were saying that the pricing, let's say between uh, like Creative Bag versus Uline, wasn't that off, right? And there seems to be a lot on Creative Bag. 
Yeah, they are really similar. So let's say you decided to take a bag and you had one of those that folds over like a coffee style, like craft bag. You could just get a really long sticker or label done and have it overlap the top of it. So you're putting it on and it looks really cool because it's a longer vertical style label on there and it goes over the top rather than just you know slapped on the front so something like that where it just is even in the placement of it a little bit more creative but it's just basically a long sticker with a bag just try to think of things that are still affordable but still really professional too and so from there when you're looking then um, another place is store.standuppouches.com what do you love about that site, Lena? I like it because they you can get really fun and creative. So they really do a lot of like those um, gusset style bags that have that stand up. Like basically, it's a pouch. It looks like a food bag. They stand up on their own. But there's so many uses for that. Like you could put a T-shirt in there. You could put even like baked goods. Some people could put baked goods in there or um, jewelry or any of that stuff. And then it looks nicer than your plastic bag because it's you know a stand-up pouch and it has that flat bottom and it's typically used for a coffee bag or like a snack bag or trail mix and then you're able to put the label wherever you want let's say instead of doing one that's completely centered in the middle you could have it going all the way to the other side on the right hand side or something like that and it looks really cool you know so Mm -hmm. just um think of it that way where you're just taking something very standard very affordable Mm -hmm. and just thinking outside of the box a little bit and so thinking about that it stands up on its own that's something really important to think about when you're you're conceptually coming up with your packaging where you're selling it so if you're selling it on on amazon for example the packaging may not really matter right because people are already sold on it by seeing the item online. So if it's direct to customer, then that might not matter as much. But if you're selling in a boutique, a store, um, you're doing in-person events, whatever it is, if the packaging does matter, you have to think about where you're presenting it. So is it hung up on a wall? Does it need a shelf? Because also boutiques are apprehensive of shelf space, how much shelf space they have, and they're going to need you to tell them how they can present it and show it. So by standing up on its own, it doesn't need to be hung because some boutiques don't have the ability to hang things. It depends on what kind of store you're selling to. So if it's able to stand up, there might be more shelf space for them to present your item. So we were talking about Etsy before. Um, with my clients, because they tend to be, you know, they do larger productions, they're, they're going to fashion companies and they're launching big businesses um, where we are trying to pitch to Nordstrom's and Macy's. Usually they're going to have to buy into larger minimums of things. So for garments, there's hang tags, there's the main labels, there's the size labels. Um, oftentimes when you're selling wholesale, you don't need the fancy packaging, but if you are selling direct to customer, whether it's boxes or bags or whatnot. But sometimes my clients have small productions, they just wanna sell online, they might just be testing out a market, or they might have a really high-end product that doesn't need a lot. And so that's when I'll direct them to Etsy. So we talked about Etsy a bit for finding designers, but also there might be things that Etsy stores can do like hang tags or labels to go in a garment or, you know, sew on patches, things like that, depending on what your product is that you can, you might be paying more per unit, but that there is, you don't have to buy a thousand pieces of them. So it might be a good stepping stone into it. And they also do do packaging, right? You know, like, have you, what have you seen on Etsy? They do tons of supplies. Like they sell everything imaginable on on Etsy, really. Um, Hang tags, like what you said, and then any sort of stickers or anything. I mean, just think of what you could get for safety pins and ribbon. A lot of specialty stuff on Etsy that they don't necessarily sell anywhere else. Yeah, so it's a good place to start if you are not prepared to buy into thousands and thousands of pieces with a packaging, a production packaging company, um, because they do exist. There's tons of them. Um, If you work with Mina or I on a one-on-one session, that's something that we will provide to our clients, you know, work with this person, work with that person, but it depends on the level that you're at. So, and oftentimes even it might be worth it for them to develop it for you, you know, for them to get into it, really develop the, the packaging. And then eventually you could potentially take it overseas if that's, you know, if you're scaling up. 
Yeah. And it's just also a matter of knowing uh, what to ask for. Like, you know, when you see those wraps that go around, um, like the cardstock wrap that goes around, let's say uh, leggings or even makeup um, packages and things like that. So you could essentially get a craft cardstock or even white cardstock printed up and then you could ask the commercial printer to score those for you and then you would be wrapping it around whatever you need to wrap it around and then sealing it yourself like using glue sticks or not glue sticks but like a um, glue runner like double-sided tape or something yeah any of that stuff but you're looking really really professional because you have a thick cardstock scored you know, wrapper around whatever your package is, but you're doing them, let's say, in bundles of 100. You could f- perhaps find some standard cardstock that's already printed, have it scored, and then have just a sticker that you put on there. So even if you find something that's standard, you can cut it lengthwise. It could be off the shelf is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, for example, like on our Pinterest board for packaging, um, one of the things that we have up there, it's a cosmetics line. And basically, they use one of those little kind of paint containers that you would unscrew. It looks like gas could be in there or paint. And it just has two really beautiful stickers on it on a silver bottle. And it looks so cool and so expensive and it's just taking (laughs) things that are unordinary or you know not as typical to the product and mixing it and then adding you know a well-branded sticker really stickers stickers are the the major tip and trick I feel like for this podcast episode and you know over here it's like labels on labels on labels because we literally have a label (laughs) for our labels and then we have labels for our barcodes so literally (laughs) labels 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 so you know So, because it's the most inexpensive way to look really professional. And I just want to add, though, really quick, about if it is in a store or a boutique, if something is concealed and you can't see it, oftentimes they're going to pull it out to look at it. So, you may also want to consider if you are selling to a store and if it's in packaging that... Because there's a lot of product, like Mina's product, where you don't have to pull it out. It's got the image. You know what it is. You don't really need to see much more from that. But then sometimes if it's a garment, they need to try it on or something they need to touch or feel or experience. So that might be where you include or you have your, you have to instruct your store. They have to have one display item out so that people don't just unwrap the packaging to see what's inside. So a lot of times clear windows are helpful or something that's easily resealable. But if you have this beautiful fold that you're putting into it, you know, you're folding whatever that goes in, goes in, and then they unfold it. Sometimes people can never get it back. Make sure that there's a way for the customer to interact with it also. For sure. On my um, labeling, my waterproof labels, I have the actual size on there. So there's a label printed on there and it says actual size. So people get an idea of what it actually looks like and if they are able to write on it. So I think that when you're thinking about that, even when you're thinking about like how chips are packaged, have you ever seen where it's like um, blown up to show texture, things like that? Yeah. (laughs) So just thinking about how packaging is done, where there's very clear instructions, a picture of the product in its actual size are blown up. It's really the selling point of how you want people to view your product, and then also um, their perception of it. Absolutely. So then thinking about all of that, then there's also hotcards.com. Yeah, hotcards.com is a commercial printer, but it's open to the public. So hotcards is um, just your standard. They, they have a lot of promotional products. They have business cards. Basically anything that you need printed, they can print for you. And so they're a really great resource. When I did the math on getting labels done, it was something around 15 to 20 cents a piece if you ordered a thousand. When you're thinking about trying to get, in, get that price from the UPS store, it's probably not even going to come close. You know, 15 to 20 cents added onto your product is super cheap. Wouldn't you say, Jacqueline? Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, we were also talking about stamps. Um, there might be things that you can you know, so there's a commercial printers, but maybe on Etsy, there's an embossing stamp or something, you know, pressurized that you can also add. So you're putting the work back in your hands, which we're talking about sometimes trying to get that, you know, that you're not doing all the packaging yourself. But if you're creative, there might be alternative ways, you know, whether it's a stamp with ink on the outside of a bag that you're paying to get the stamp made by somewhere else. And then you're doing all the hand stamping. What are those, the little embosser, the press 
Yeah, yep, the embossing thing. Yeah, or debossing, I guess, where there's a little press, you know, anything you think that you would use in really fancy wedding invitations. Those are other options to kind of add to your packaging, but always thinking about your brand and is it in line with your brand? Um, and so then, okay, so then we had to, we touched on overnightprints.com, but any any of those sort of online printers um, where you can buy 500, 1,000, you can do double-sided printing, you could choose, you know, matte finish. There's all sorts of things that they're doing these days that I wasn't able to do online when I started my business, but that would be a very minimal way. Um, so I've had clients before to create their hang tags, for example. So a hang tag is that external branded piece that hangs on a garment that we all throw away, but designers spend a lot of time uh, figuring those out and the information on it and spending money on it. But we've also at times done, like on overnightprints.com, we've printed business card size cards. We've punctured holes through them ourselves with uh, like a hole puncher. And then you could use one of those tagging guns or they've used ribbon with a safety pin to attach. So it's just getting creative and aligned with your price point and your budget and how much time and effort you want to put into it. But thank God for Pinterest because it is yeah, for sure. so inspirational. And just think about like, um, so I've gotten things where I wanted them cut down. You know how you can cut them with like a scrapbook cutter or whatever. But if uh -huh. you take it to your local copy shop, they have like guillotine cutters. So they can cut like 500 stack at one time and it costs you $5 yeah. because they're, they're charging you per guillotine cut is what it's called. So instead of having to cut it, each one, let's say you wanted to get something a business card size, but you instead wanted to cut it in half at the finished size, then you just take it to your local printer and say, hey, can you cut this entire stack for me? And they can do it so easily. They just line it up and cut it one time with their machine because they have the machine and it's so much easier for them to do it. So once you've sort of figured out the look of your design, your way that you're going to package this and find really cool, interesting ways of doing that, then there's the question of pa packaging it yourself versus hiring it out. So Mina and I have both been in the place that we've done it all ourselves. And then eventually as the company grew or our responsibilities, we needed to work on the strategy or moving our businesses forward. Our time wasn't spent on actually packaging and shipping. And that's when we needed to onboard and hire. So whether we were hiring family members, whether we were hiring assistants, whether we were sending it off to the production facility. So these are things that you need to think about on the cost of your time. What can you afford to spend your time on? And would that time be better spent paying somebody to do it while you're working on your business and working on building your business? So packaging yourself versus hiring it out. Yeah, for sure. And I think you should always start yourself. Um, so you get an idea of where you can cut down time and then also cut down costs. It's hard to stay tapped into that when you're outsourcing it immediately. We just want you to think about that. So again, it's that same concept of always starting in the mailroom, you know, when you're working, when you hear these stories of how Steven Spielberg became Steven Spielberg, you know, where they start and where they go. You do need to get your hands dirty in your business and know exactly what goes into it. So you can then also figure out, oh, you know, I can package 50 of these in an hour. And if someone came to you and they could only do 18 an hour, you're able to gauge whether that's the right fit for you or how you need to train them. Um, so having that experience in your business is the way to be so that you can eventually be the leader of your company and train people. It can seem a bit overwhelming. I know we are talking about some resources, but I wanted to give a few tips on. So when we're talking about overnight prints, that's the one you did, right? Overnightprints.com yeah. and then um, hotcards.com. We're talking about that. You can actually send that to print yourself. And so when you're thinking about the design part of it, it should be a high resolution PDF or a... 300 DPI image. So something that's high res because something that's printed is not the same resolution as something that's on screen. Like for on screen, for instance, is 72 DPI and looks crisp and clear. But if it's printed, it needs to be at least 300 DPI. So, so thinking about that, when you're um, exporting a PDF 
on Canva or any of that stuff, it should be high resolution. That way it comes out crisp and clear and just like you printed it at a commercial printer, which is what you're using when you have hot cards or overnight prints. But you don't need to hire a graphic designer per se. You can do that all yourself with Creative Market or Etsy or any of those um, art pieces or fonts or anything of that. You just need to make sure that the artwork that you're putting into your online order is high resolution. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, the other thing I just wanted to also talk about is if you do decide, if you are manufacturing this in production, and again, just heading back to our masterminder, if you are in production and you're getting quotes from, from people that are offering to make your product for you and you ask them, can you do the packaging? And they say, sure, we can, you know, send us the design. They're going to countersource and do all of that for you. So you do always want to see the product before any product, whether it's the product you're selling or the packaging, you need to see a sample and there might be different incarnations and revisions to that. But you do always want to ask if the packaging is included in the production quote. Is it in addition to or is it included? And then also to think about shipping. So sometimes if you're shipping packaged product, that's adding to the weight, so depending on where it's coming in from. And that's where you're going to basically weigh out your costs and benefits, how much time you have versus what you're willing to save. So that's just another note. And so let's say again, back to fashion. If we have a production vendor doing all of the garments, we often ask them to finish. It's called finishing. And finishing is where they physically attach the hang tag because that's done by hand. And they'll, they might fold the garment, put it in a poly bag, place all those stickers on the outside. And that's how they ship it. And generally finishing could be 75 cents to $1.25 a piece. Um, they're not putting them in the beautiful boxes because that's a whole other thing. That's fulfillment. But to actually finish it so that it it's ready for you to then ship out. And then also think about the shipping from China, like it's on a boat or airplane or whatever, that it gets a lot, a lot of damage to it. So when I was doing chalk markers for private labeling, I had the option of going with a paper box or a plastic box. And I opted for the plastic box because it looked nicer. It looked more expensive. But when it came over all the way from China, you know, weeks and weeks later, a lot of those plastic boxes were broken. I was not able to sell those packages. So that really sucked. So thinking about the transport of the actual product and the packaging, is it going to withstand the travel damage that, that it's going to undergo? And if it will still look nice and still look high quality. So... If you head over to our Pinterest, uh, the product boss on Pinterest, we do have a packaging board for you to look at that has a ton of inspiration across tons and tons of products. So hopefully that will help you, you know, get inspired and think about other alternatives to packaging your product. And then Mina, where can they find the list on these uh, online companies that we've listed in this um, I'm going to put it in the show notes, actually. Um, I'll put all the links that we mentioned into the show notes, and then you'll also see it on our website um, at the specific episode, too. So if you go to www.theproductboss.com slash podcast, you'll see an episode gallery, and you'll just go to the one that says packaging your startup, and then you'll be able to get directly to the links there, too. But they'll be in the show notes as well. Amazing. So we know that this was a very full episode with a lot of, a lot of learnings, um, but we <laughs> just, we wanted, there's a lot of information to get out there to you and a lot of different places that you can start. So we'd love to continue the conversation with you on Facebook and we will be sharing some images there and, you know, continuing the conversation within our community. And we're just so glad that you were here to join us again for the Product Boss Podcast. Great. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. This episode was brought to you by our mastermind, Multi-Stream Machine. Multi-Stream Machine is our 12-week program that takes the high-level knowledge of two product-based experts, myself and Jacqueline, combined with all the inspiration, accountability, and magic of a peer mastermind. We coach the hot seats through their struggles, facilitate the advice of all their fellow product-based masterminders, and help to focus everyone on more sales. Believe me, it's not only business changing, it's life changing. And we want you to be a part of it. Go to www.theproductboss.com mastermind to learn more or to apply now. All right, product bosses, let's make it happen.